Hello, and welcome to the Running Hook Podcast, hosted by Alex Burr, a member of the Running Hook Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Running Hooks Basketball Power Hour. JD will be joining me in the second half of this episode, which has already been recorded, admittedly. But in the first half, I am joined by my great friend and former co-host, Dylan Hughes. Dylan, in the tradition of throwing a curveball, when you expect a fastball, what would you consider to be the athletic like high point of your life? Oh, wow. That is a really good question. Because there's not a lot to pick from. Like, it's not... It's not like some people where it's like, oh, let me think of all these trophies I've won and all these accomplishments and let me pick the best. This is let me think about all the horrific things that I've done on a basketball court or a football field. And let me somehow get an answer here. And I think I think probably my greatest achievement was just. Back in like 2020, when I basically ran every day for a month and ended up getting to like 70 plus miles and that is more that's less about you know physical accomplishment than mental accomplishment i think because listen i was getting up at 5 5 30 a.m during summer and listen as a 20 whatever three-year-old i was at the time i was pretty conditioned to do nothing in summer as most kids are you know during summer you don't do shit and I, you know, had motivation that I will not get into, but it's in my books. All right. So there's a plug right there. But uh, yeah, I, I think just doing that for a month and yeah, it was only a month, which just points to how little of an athlete I am is that I have one month that I was proud of. Well, um, I, I'll just say I did grab 19 rebounds in a game one time. That's probably the athletic high point of my life. I wasn't a, I wasn't a bad basketball player. I was probably probably the worst athlete out of my family, but I don't take that as like, you know, oh, I'm a terrible athlete. I'm taking that like, oh, my my little siblings are way better athletes than I am. So the fact that I still have athletic achievements to hang my hat on, I'll take it. Um, Dylan. Um, kind of a wild couple of weeks in the NBA. You would say I think we should probably start, though unfortunately with some injuries. And I think the biggest injury that happened is going to be Zion Williamson. Unfortunately, he hurt his hamstring. There's conflicting reports, but it seems like the consensus is there will be a couple of weeks till he's reevaluated. Um, kind of a, like we've seen the Pelicans survive without him. Ingram hasn't played since November. Like that since Thanksgiving, basically we're in. We're now approaching the second week of January. I'm not saying I'm concerned about the Pelicans because they've kind of built a cushion for the what the record wise, I'll say. But I am kind of concerned, like, okay, now what are you gonna do? Your backs are against the wall. Are you gonna blow this cushion you have? Are you gonna fall into the plan? How do you feel about this whole Zion Williamson situation? Well, I'm sad that he gets hurt as much as he does. Because as I've stated many times on many different platforms. He is my favorite player to watch in the in the NBA. I almost said the NFL, and he probably would be my favorite player to watch in the NFL too. But I mean, he is just 
just a collection of like everything you want in a basketball player. I feel like outside of being like Steph Curry from three, I mean, he is just athletically so dominant and so fun to watch. And unfortunately, I think one of the problems with that is that it makes his body hurt <laughs> in different ways. I, it's like a, it's like you can't drive a Formula One car 300,000 miles without servicing it. You know what I mean? Like the, the high-end cars, you got to take it and get an oil change every once in a while. And I, we're kind of seeing the same thing with Zion where he just goes so hard. And even though he's lost weight, he's still a big guy and he's putting a lot of pressure on the bottom half of his body. And I think we're just kind of – he's just getting an oil change right now. You know, hopefully – Hopefully there's no other problems they discover while he's in the shop. Um, but I mean, this, this team is still really good. Like they almost beat the nets last night who are just on a tear right now. And the nets are finally healthy, you know, for once. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not super concerned right now, but like not having Ingram and Zion and to be playing at this level still is pretty dang impressive. But obviously if it's going to be months without those guys, it's a different story. And playoff time will be a much different story, but I'm not too concerned right now, especially because teams out West right now are just not that good. So I don't know. I, I don't think they have too much to worry about. Yeah. Zion right now is averaging 26 points, seven rebounds, five assists on 61% from the field, um, 62% from two. And he's getting to the line eight and a half times a game. I mean, he's back to where he was. I, I think we would agree. He's back to where he was in 2021 when he, I think we both had him. I don't think you had him as a top 15 player. I know I had him as a top 15 player. And he's just been really awesome this year. It sucks to see him go down, but this is why you have CJ McCollum and this is why you have Jonas Valanciunas. Those two guys, they're not superstars, but they can carry the offensive load and this team has such a defensive depth <laughs> that they're going to be fine. If they go 500 without Zion, I think they'll maintain like a top four seed, which if you get a top four seed in the West after making the play in last year, you got to consider that season of success. Even if, you know, at one point you were the one seed, I think you got to be happy with where you were. Um, another injury, not necessarily an injury I want to talk about, but ESPN's, pointed out that Carl Anthony Towns is going to miss another couple weeks with this injury. Um, the Timberwolves are kind of crumbling. They had a big win against the Clippers last night, but um, Dylan, the Wolves, I, I think it's safe to say after last year, they're probably the most disappointing team in the league. I don't even think they're in the play-in right now. Um, they are not. They're 19-21. and 21. They're half a game behind the Jazz. But the fact that the Jazz are still ahead of them and we're halfway through the season, um, not great. I, I think the Wolves, scale of 1 to 10, how concerned are you by this season if you're the Timberwolves? I mean, pretty dang concerned because what pathway do they have out of this besides trading Carl Anthony Towns, which no one wants to do? If you have to trade Carl Anthony Towns to to basically make up for the terrible Rudy Gobert trade. Uh, that is a really, really bad look. And it's not really going to help you get better. 
I mean, it may get help you get better in the short term, but I don't know. I think I think they're in a really tough spot right now. I mean, everyone knew that Rudy Gobert trade was like pretty insane. It, they were a weird team to try that. Like, I, like I don't know. It it made a a tad bit of sense if they thought that Cat would be better with a better rim protector next to him. But I don't know. I just it didn't make sense. It was a ton to give up. Even if you take the players out of it, like just the picks was just a ton to invest in a guy that has, I mean, he's been the best player on the jazz for years, but like we, every year in the playoffs, they, they just crumbled because that was their best player. So it, it was a tough, tough move. And now with cat out, I think we're going to see what, what it's like to have Gobert as a more featured prominent role. And I mean, they did beat the Clippers pretty good last night, but I don't, I don't know. I'm not expecting them to claw back into contention anytime soon. Yeah, especially after last season, like you would probably agree. After that Grizzly series, the sky was the limit. And then they traded all their depth. All their depth is looking really great in Utah right now. And on February 6th or whenever the trade deadline is, I'm I'm just guessing. I don't even know when the trade deadline is, but I'm I'm going to take a guess. Okay, it looks like it's probably going to be February 9th for the trade deadline. Just guessing when the trade deadline usually is. But it's looking like February 9th. All those former Wolves players will be helping out like the Grizzlies and the Trailblazers, all your competition, right? (laughs) They're going to be spewed around the league. And your situation is just going to be worse. Um, I tried to defend the Gobert trade. I knew defensively it was going to be disastrous this whole time. Offensively, I was like, okay, this might be able to work. With Carl Anthony Towns out there, it's not going to work. Just full stop. He's the linchpin that makes this work, but even he wasn't looking that great because his positional advantage is playing in the five and having a speed advantage on fives and having when he's switched onto a guard, okay, now I'm going to take you to the block. But we saw last year against the Grizzlies, some guards aren't afraid of him in the post, but that's because Dylan Brooks fouls the shit out of everybody. Did I say that? Um... And also, just like he can't blow by every center. I, I think you took away Cat's biggest advantage, and you took away, and Rudy's declining. At some point, like when Dwight lost his effectiveness on defense, he still had, you know, explosiveness on offense to lead on. We saw that in Houston. Rudy doesn't have that. <laughs> And it's becoming a huge problem. He's making a lot of money. It's, it's going to be impossible to trade him. I'm not saying it's the worst trade ever because we forget that there's two guys in Boston right now who are there because of Sean or not Sean Marks because of Billy King. <laughs> and we forget they traded them for Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. That's the worst trade of all time to me. I don't think it's particularly close. But it's up there. It's up there. Do you have any other thoughts on the Wolves before I touch on two real quick injuries that I think are notable? Well, I I just think the funny full circle moment for the Wolves going all the way back to the Jimmy Butler trade is that if this Wolves team traded for Lowry Markin instead of Rudy Gobert, I think they'd be in a much better place both right now and in the future. Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, I mean, marketing is not the like the exact type of four we wanted for them the past few years, but he's better than what they had offensively, at least. If you kept the problem was is that you were never going to get the Wiggins that's in Golden State in Minnesota. That guy, if you could get the Wiggins that's in Golden State in Minnesota, I would like that a lot more. That guy just wasn't ever going to happen in Minnesota. He was like, okay, this is my team. When it wasn't ever his team, it was always Cat's team. That dynamic was always weird, and I'm glad that's broken up. And I'm glad Wiggins is finally like, okay, he's a star in his role. But I I think that we're seeing... (laughs) I'd be interested to see that for sure. I I wonder how history changes if they keep Levine, keep marking in. Because that's the other thing, too. Levine, Towns, Marketing, Wiggins, Rubio. Because I think Rubio was still on the team when they made that trade. So I think they traded Rubio to Utah that summer. Would have been interesting. Um, Just again, two quick injuries I want to touch on. Your favorite player, Marvin Bagley, is going to miss a few weeks with... Uh, he has a fracture in his third and fourth metacarpals in his right hand. He's left-handed, but you know, still is going to miss six weeks. Um, not great for him. Not really a great si- season in Detroit at all. <laughs> it's been kind of a disaster. All the guys you want to play are just missing time. Except your guy, Jaden Ivey. He's going to play all 82, I think. And then Kelly Oubre Jr. Yeah. Like one of the bright spots. You want to talk about having a bad season. One of the few bright spots in this awful season um, is going to undergo surgery on a torn ligament in his left hand and will be sidelined for four to six weeks. And I think that's particularly bad for them because he was one of the guys, I think, he could have made a big difference at the trade deadline. And I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that concerns me because he, unlike Bagley, that is his shooting hand. That is his shooting hand, and he is a shooter. My man Ubre loves to get up shots. And I know you probably haven't watched a whole lot of Hornets basketball this year, Dylan. I, I'll be truthful. I haven't gone out of my way to watch him a whole lot either. But when I have, Ubre's looked good. I hope he makes a speedy recovery, and I hope they get him out of Charlotte soon. Um, so you and I, I don't think, are going to talk about the Bulls in the traditional way. I want to get your, like, I do want you to talk about what you think about them. But they did have history made against them this week, as you know. Jay didn't want to talk about that <laughs> for obvious reasons. Um, Donovan Mitchell tore their asses up. How they tore their asses up is up for debate. 25 free throw attempts, but he did shoot 22 of 34, 71 points, 11 assists, 7 of 15 from three. I mean, Dylan, even without the 20 free throws, that's still 51 points and 11 assists. That was a clinical. They needed all 71 of those points. They don't win. If you take out, I told JD, I'm like, look at it this way. If you take out those 71 points, the Bulls win by 60. Just doing the math. And so as you, I know you went back and watched this game. When you went back and watched this game, just what was your, just your first reaction watching this game? I mean, there definitely was a lot of fouling. And or foul calls, as JD might correct me <laughs> if he were here. Um, a lot of it was and ones, 
which I feel like is a credit to Mitchell kind of that it, it seemed like every time he got to the rim was an and one. And part of that's because he made it, you know, part of it is because maybe it was a touch foul that shouldn't have been called. I don't know. Um, but I mean, just in general, like you can debate whether there's too many calls or not. I think that's fine. We do it every time someone gets a lot of points. It seems like, cause you kind of have to get free throws to get that many points unless you just hit 23s, which in today's game is possible. But I mean, it was, it was pretty amazing to watch. I I've been really enjoyed Mitchell this year as, as we've discussed already. I just think this is by far, by far the best season he's ever had. I mean, he looks so well-rounded on offense right now. And whether Garland's out there or not, which Garland was not out there for this game, he just, he has complete control, but like he's not ball dominant in a bad way either. Like, I think he's really just found, found himself on offense to a point where he's one of the best scorers in the league. I mean, he's just really fun to watch. He's become such a better passer too, which has helped him obviously with his scoring as well. So, you know, I, it, it was really crazy to watch and I, I wasn't watching the game live, so I just had to get an update. And it's like, hey, Donovan Mitchell has like 50-something points. And it's like, oh, that's pretty crazy. But, you know, it seems like someone scores 50 every week. And then like three minutes later, it's like, oh, yeah, he actually got to 71. It's like, what the hell happened? I mean, he just went supernova in that second half and overtime. And it was pretty crazy to watch. And I wouldn't be surprised if he has a couple more – 50 plus games this season. Yeah, you don't want to project any more 70 point games. I mean, what, there's yeah. been like six or seven guys who have scored 70 in NBA history. I mean, Wilt didn't even do it that much. <laughs> That's how you know it's hard to do. Um, I mean, what, Kobe did it once, Robinson, David Thompson, um, Booker. Off the top of my head, that's all I can remember. That's it's not a long list by any means. And again, I, I think what was so the most recent game was Devin Booker. I think Devin Booker did it in 2000. I think the 16, 17 year that when Isaiah Thomas was on the Celtics. Um, and that game came in a loss and people derided Booker for the way he got 70. I'm sure you remember that well. <laughs> I remember it well, too. It's like, this was a dishonest 70. They kept fouling to get Booker the ball back. Um, But, I mean, 70-70, right? You have a shot to get 70, especially for those Suns teams. That was probably the highlight of their season. I think what was impressive to me about this game was that Mitchell was answering the call every time they needed a shot. Now, did the last two-minute report say... (laughs) on that um, free throw put back he had to send the game to overtime. Did they say that was a lane violation? Yes. Should Patrick Williams have boxed out better? Yes. Like, I'm sorry. You got to know what's coming in that situation. You got to know they're trying to get the offensive rebound there. Like, that's literally the whole name of the game there. I I think, too. Tell me what you think about this real quick. I think coaches got to stop. I think we got to stop fouling up three. I think guys are getting too good. I think they're practicing the missing the free throw off the rim. I think we're getting too good at that. And I think that we're going to 
we're reaching a point now where I think it's a bad strategy. Just let, I'd rather have a contested three off of like a broken action than like having a chance at a guy doing some crazy shit. Cause this isn't the first time we've seen this this week in that other big game. Luka Doncic had a crazy put back off of a miss free throw too. What just real quick, bad strategy fouling up three. <laughs> to be honest, like, I don't know if I've ever really liked it. Just from like a almost a purist standpoint, I feel like you just gotta just play straight up. Like that's kind of always been my thing, and that I that's easier to say that as a fan rather than a coach. But I don't know. I've never been a huge fan of that strategy anyway. Yeah, and so last two minute report comes out says that's a free throw violation. Whatever, I don't care. He he got the bucket. It counted in the moment. It counts in my heart. Um, they needed all 71 of those is my point. They, it was a crazy performance and I didn't watch Booker's 70 point game. I watched this one. And I was like, wow, my job was on the floor. I was like, this is actually insane. Um, but I, I think the bulls deserve a lot of credit. And not credit in a good way for getting Mitchell 271. A lot of, like, for instance, Io fouled Donovan with 16, like when he had 69, going for a dumb reach, it, like going for a dumb steal could have been prevented. Dylan, would you like to know what the Cavs shot at the rim in this game? I'd love to. 21 for 27. With eight shooting fouls drawn, according to Clean the Glass, um, they shot four of four from long mid range, which is all Mitchell. They got, they actually held the Cavs to a reasonable percentage from three, but Mitchell is seven of fifteen, and he was getting kind of whatever he wants. Like you know how they say the great ones just find their way open no matter what. I'm sure you noticed that too, where Mitchell would just find <laughs> find a way to be open, <laughs> and. Oh God! What did you see from the Bulls' defense? That I, I I know it was bad. But did you see anything in particular that just was because the Bulls? I don't know if you've been paying attention to like the games they've been giving up to stars recently. It's been bad. It's been bad. Like the stretch. JD and I talked about it a little bit yesterday, but I don't know if you've been paying attention to that. They actually held Mitchell in the first Cavs game, but this this one was particularly bad. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think Io is a, is a solid player and he's a good defender, but missing Lonzo, like I feel like Lonzo was bringing Lonzo in was kind of like that was the point. Like have Demar and Levine be the guys that just put up buckets, you know, and then have Lonzo be the guy that has energy on defense to go and handle a guy like that. So I feel like they're definitely missing that this year. The interior presence is a problem. I don't have the stats in front of me right now, but I'm pretty sure Jared Allen was like 9 of 10 as well in that game. I mean, he was pretty much getting whatever he wanted. So, and I don't think, did Mobley play in that game? He did not. Yeah. If Mobley was there, I don't think it would have been as close because they just, they just don't have, they just don't have it on the inside. And we should, you know, this team is not really 
built very well defensively in general. And part of that is because you, your three best players, none of them are really plus defenders. They have good defenders on the team, but their three best players, you can target them pretty easily, you know, on defense. So I don't, I don't, I don't think this team was ever built to even be that good of a defensive team. So I'm not shocked at these results. Yeah. And DeMar, by the way, with the quietest 44 point game in NBA history. He was, he was awesome. He was awesome. Like I feel bad. I feel bad that, that it happened in this game because he was so good in that game. By the way, um, I have DeMar as one of my all-star starters. Like just looking at it early. I, I think that he's been so he's been back to where he was in 2020 to me or not 2020, but where he was last year. And listen, it's not his fault (laughs) that the bulls have fallen off this year. Patrick Williams can't guard Donovan Mitchell. Like you said, IO's nice. Alex Caruso, um, wasn't hitting the same this game. <laughs> Derek Jones Jr. Not really going to contain Donovan Mitchell. So I, I would have liked to seen a nice trap thrown his way. Yeah. But um, yeah. I, do you have anything else to add about this game or the Bulls? I think before we move on. Well, I this Bulls team. I don't know if you watched the 76ers game last night. I did not. It, I think that game, and this was a game without Embiid, you know, so it's not going to be the same. But the Sixers are still good without Embiid. Um, but, like, just offensively, that game, I think, was a perfect example of what the Bulls could be. I mean, they were so good. Like, DeMar wasn't very good offensively. But Levine had a, like, classic Levine game where he had, like, 41 points on 19 shots or something. He just couldn't miss from three. Vucevic was – that was one of the best Vucevic games I've seen in a long time. I mean, his his scoring and his passing – like, his passing really is a big part of this team. I think it probably goes overlooked a little bit. But, like, Patrick Williams is really good. Like, this team is good. Like, they – they have a chance to make a run and they just have to be more consistent. I think the biggest difference, if you just look at it on paper, obviously the Lonzo thing is big. Levine just hasn't been as consistently awesome as he has been the past couple seasons. I think while DeMar has held his end of the bargain up, Levine definitely hasn't been as good, but last night was, you know, a reminder of what he can be. So I think the rest of the season, if Levine can kind of get in a groove, this team can go on a run. But so far, it's hard to believe that's going to be true because they've just been pretty inconsistent. For sure. Um, I it's funny. I on we recorded the um, the portion with JD during this game. I advocated for playing Drummond more than Vooch. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes out and does that while I'm speaking. So it goes to show you're going to hear that in the second half of this podcast. I stand by what I said. If you go and listen, you'll, you'll hear what I said. Um, you know, what's funny about that game too, is I think Drummond like played like a minute. The first time I saw, or at least in the second half, the first time I saw him come in, 
he just made an absolutely horrible pass and was like immediately benched. So that that doesn't that's not the per, the best timing for you. I'll just just add that. Listen, you know, he was play he played well in a couple of the other games. Um yeah. <laughs> the point stands though, and I, I stand by my words. So I'm not gonna back down. Um, do you have any before we move on to the Spurs and give them an in-depth segment? Do you what do you have to say about the Clippers? Because they're really fascinating. Um, especially with all the stuff going on around them with the injuries. I'm sure you watched that 45 point game from Paul George and watched them lose. And I'm sure you had a great time watching that game to, against the Pacers. Yeah, it was, it was a fun time, but I just, I don't know what to think about this Clippers scene. I mean, you know, our, our beautiful friends at cleaning the glass have the, the last two week stats and the Spurs are better than the Clippers the past two weeks and net rating. That's a bad sign. I mean, like Kawhi literally has not played more than three games in a row this season without having to miss for something. So I just, I have a hard time taking them seriously. I'm going to be honest. Like they've made, they've made some nice additions over the past like year and a half, you know, getting Powell and John Wall and keeping Reggie Jackson. But if Paul George and Paul George has been good and he's been healthy. If Paul George and Kawhi are both not, there and firing on all cylinders. I, I just I can't take them seriously because they're gonna go up against Jokic or Morant or whatever and they're gonna lose. They just have to be firing on all cylinders. They need those two guys to be healthy and be awesome. There's just no way around it. Yeah. And I don't think I made this point clearly enough. So I'm just gonna say this. Paul George doesn't deserve the criticism that Kawhi is getting. Yeah. Save the Paul George has been great this year. And I said he's an all-star. He's played 30 games, you know, 30 out of 41. I don't like. If he continues this rate, he's going to play 60 games, Dylan. And for a star these days, I think that's plenty, you know, like just based on what we've seen out of like, you know, Joel Embiid out of everyone, but Jokic and Tatum play and Giannis play like that amount of games. You know, they play like 65, 67 games. So I'm not like mad at 60. So I think. We got to save the Kawhi criticism from PG because I he's been great this year. He doesn't deserve it. <laughs> um, I think my other thing with them, like my other question for you is just like. Is, the, is it just me or is the rotation wacky? Like. They have too many guys. Like you have Kennard, you have man, you have Powell, you have Jackson, you have wall. That's just the guards. <laughs> Like you have so many guys and then for the forwards, you have Kawhi, Paul George, Marcus Morris, Batum. Um, and then you aren't even playing Covington. And then Zubach is like Zubach has earned plenty of minutes this year. I just, I don't know. I think this team is going to make a three for one trade. Like, you know, how Simmons always talked about like, Oh, the teams that have too many guys and they need to sort and straighten out their rotation they always end up making like three for one, four for one trades. This is that team. I, I could just, am I, am I off base there? No, there's definitely something wacky there. Like the more I watch them, the more I'm kind of like, maybe they didn't really need John wall is kind of like the way I see it. I don't know if that's the correct take. Cause I haven't watched like every game this season or anything, but just recently, I don't know. Like it, it definitely feels off somewhere and i think the 
the guard thing is pretty, they're pretty heavy on guard. And I, I think I understand why, because they've been light on guard in years past and it's kind of been their downfall. So maybe they're trying to make up for that. I don't know, but it definitely, I definitely think adding a more legitimate, like third or fourth guy instead of having all these depth pieces would benefit them for sure. Uh, there's a guy who's sitting in Utah who should have made more all-star games in his prime. I think would be perfect for this team. Of course, I'm talking about Larry Markkinen. Now, Mike Conley, come on down to the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, it'll be interesting to see because the trade deadlines in, like I said, four weeks, this team is always aggressive at the trade deadline. So we're going to see what they do. Um, but we need to talk about the San Antonio Spurs. JD and I didn't really much get into them yesterday. So this is going to be my first time actually talking about them. They are the second worst team in the Western Conference. They are 13 and 26. Um, last five games, they beat the Knicks 122-115. Lost to the Mavericks 126-125 in a game where Luka went for 50. Got shellacked by the Nets 139-103. Lost to the Knicks again 117-114. to And then beat Dylan Hughes' Detroit Pistons. 121 to 109. The only reason I say Dylan Hughes' Detroit Pistons is because they'll forever be your team as long as Jaden Ivey is on that team. Safe to say. Um, Dylan, there's one guy we got to start with. (laughs) It's Jeremy Sohan. This dude is so much fun. This dude is so bouncy. Um, He's, you know, Caleb has a tendency. I, I, I said I wasn't going to bring up Caleb's name on this episode, and JD, JD and I avoided it in the second half of this episode. But Caleb, you know, Caleb's a very good draft analyst. But he, there's some guys that get overrated by draft Twitter, and I, he thought Sohan was one of them. Mm. And I, I, I'm going to say, I don't think Sohan was overrated. Like, the, I think the offense was overrated, and if that was his opinion, I, I apologize for misquoting you, Caleb. I'd be interested to have you come on and explain your Sohan position again. But I think that Sohan, Dylan, like the energy on offense and defense, like the energy makes up for whatever the flaws are for me, and I think that it makes up a lot. Yeah, he was a guy that stood out to me pretty quickly at Baylor. And usually when that happens, it's a good sign. Like, I feel like my first impression usually lasts with a player. Now it doesn't always mean the player is actually good. Okay. We know the Zaire Smith debacle. We know the Jared Butler debacle, which I'm blaming on his health more than anything to give me an out there. But usually when I, it usually doesn't take me too long to get an opinion on a guy. And I just, I liked what he was doing at Baylor. I liked that he was dyeing his hair every game, you know, it's kind of a funky thing. It, it was, it was a fun time, but you know, we've talked so much about the Mark Gasol all-stars over the years. I think we, and we've talked about starting our own. And I think what we need to do is the Kyle Kuzma all-stars. Okay. Because Jeremy Sohan is joining the club with Kuzma and Obi Toppin as 
springy fours that can kind of score and kind of defend that are just fun to watch. You know, I think he belongs in that class. And I'm glad that pretty much every draft is giving us a new guy like this, but he is really fun and he's definitely not good every game, but like he always makes an impact one way or another. I mean, he's, he's solid inside. Like he's a good passer. Like you said, he's, he's got energy and listen, okay. This Knicks game, he scored zero points and he was on Brunson a lot and Brunson scored 38. Okay. So I don't want to give him too much credit here, but he was like keeping up with Brunson and Brunson is just an, a really solid scorer. So like he knows how to get rid of a rookie, you know, like he knows how to shed a rookie and score. But Sohan was staying in front of him. And um, and Brunson is also not, like, super athletic. So, like, it's not that impressive that he can kind of contain Brunson and, like, not let him get around him. But I don't know. Like having If you can have a 3-4 keep a guard in front of you, I think that's pretty impressive. So, that's, like, kind of a small thing to build off of. And he's definitely not a star, you know. But he's he's like a Draymond type star where I think if you put him with the right guys, he's just going to look awesome. Yeah, and this team honestly is built for either of the two big draft prospects coming out, which is going to be delicious irony when they get the third pick in the lottery. <laughs> um, that being said, in all seriousness, like Hurdle is gone. Um, I don't think he's there, like I know the Spurs are famously anti-trade deadline, but you they have to get him out of there. Like he is too good. He's gonna win them games that they don't need to win. And they need to get him out of there. Trey Jones, I think he's Tyus 2.0. And when I say that, I don't mean he's good enough to start. <laughs> He is definitely a backup, just like his brother. And that's okay. Um, I think he's in a little over his skis. I mean, 6.4 to 2.0 assist turnover ratio, 27% from three. I mean, isn't that exactly like his brother? Pretty much, yeah. So you slide Scoot Henderson right in that role, slide Trey back to the bench, boom. You got your backup point guard for the next, you know, however many years. Um. I really wish we gotten to see Devin Vassell this week. Yeah. He's gotten so much better. Like we kind of saw this coming last year. You and I were kind of like, Hey, Devin Vassell showing some flashes. And this year averaging, I like I've watched a little bit of Spurs this year. So it's not like I've been like, you know, under a rock when it comes to Vassell, but they're letting him and Kelton Johnson, let it fly <laughs> compared to other Spurs guys in the past. Like they're getting up seven, three pointers a game each. Like that's for pop. That's like, I don't even know what that's like heresy almost (laughs) that he's letting a guy get up that many three point shots. But I I wish I could have seen him this week. What did you think of Keldon Johnson? Because I think he's their biggest question mark right now coming out of trading DeJounte Murray. I think it was a consensus that their two best prospects were Vassell and Johnson especially after the whole Primo situation. We saw how that turned out. Um, don't need to talk about that anymore, but we, I, how are you, how'd you like the Kelton Johnson, what you saw from Kelton Johnson this week? Well, 
kind of the same experience as it has been in the past, I feel like, where he has some games where he looks like the best player on the floor and other games where he's kind of just hanging around, you know, which is a little a little scary at this point uh, in his career. I feel like he maybe like I mean, I don't think we ever had the highest expectations for him where we thought he was going to be like a top five score in the league or anything. But he definitely has he has games where you think that he could be, you know, and I still kind of feel like how I did last year where some nights he's really impressive and then other nights he's just iffy. And maybe that's structural more than anything where he just doesn't have that many good players around him. So it's hard to be consistent every night, but I don't know. I I'm still intrigued for sure, but I'm not like ready to kind of advance him to the next level or anything like that. Yeah. And he's to me, like ideally he's the third option, right? Like ideally I think best case scenario, he's Harrison Barnes. And I think this is really good for him getting first option reps. So that way, when he's the third option, he's going to be cooking guys <laughs> that aren't guarding the best like player. But same with Vassell, by the way, I don't think Vassell is like a third option necessarily. I think he might be a little better than that, but this is going to be good for them in the long run. Now, the question is, is like, you know, are they going to play their other young guys like Blake Wesley? I don't know if he's hurt. That might be the reason why he's not playing. No, he's not hurt. He's only played two games this year. It's a little strange. Malachi Branham, one of their other first round picks from this year, is playing a good amount. He's playing 19 minutes a game. I've liked he has a nice jumper. I don't know if you remember him from. I'm sure you do from Ohio State. Um, He killed in the tournament last year. Um, Romeo Langford is kind of having a resurgence. I'm sure you've noticed that our guy, Mr. Indiana basketball. Hell yeah. I'm um, having a resurgence, but I, I feel like this team. We're kind of seeing the result of however many years of neglect of the draft and like, Oh, Hey, we drafted too many shooting guards. Oh, no, look now Lonnie Walker's on the Lakers. Oh, look now Josh Primo did what he did. You know, it feels like we're kind of, it feels like we're kind of in a bad place. Like Zach Collins would have been an interesting bet like five years ago, but now I think he's a career backup. I I don't, <laughs> I just don't like this team. I'm going to be honest. Like I like a lot of the players. I'd like a lot of them on other teams, mainly Josh Richardson and Doug McDermott. Yeah, I mean, and by the way, I'm just scared of Josh Richardson. I'm so scared. After the after the Philly incident, it's it's hard to get it's hard to recover from that. Well, we were so in on that team, and it makes sense why he didn't fit there in hindsight. But I I just have a hard time trusting him, even though he's really good right now. My logic is if he's a seventh man on this team, I'll take him being a seventh man on a better team. Like he's good enough. Maybe there's a Miami reunion in there. Who knows? Hmm. I maybe that maybe they trade 
I don't know. There's no one else I'd want for a Duncan Robinson. Like if I'm the Heat, like hey, you know, this is the problem. It's not like they'd want Kata Bates Diop. <laughs> oh God, this is why. This is why I couldn't be a GM. I think my last statement on Spurs is that Greg Popovich should retire when he wants to, and yes. that. He should retire on his own timeline. And some of our friends who I may or may not have mentioned in this segment think that he should be fired. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's a little preposterous fired. I got to fire Greg Popovich, even if this tank is by design. <laughs> so yeah, um, Dylan, I want to thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. And I want to thank everyone so much for listening to this part. Enjoy the next part with JD. And now I'm joined by JD Hall, but we can't have JD join without the tradition of throwing a curveball when he expects a fastball. So JD, um, the all-star voting results came in recently. What was your biggest takeaway from the all-star voting results? And was it that... Austin Reeves has more all-star votes or almost as many all-star votes as Devin Booker. That was, that was one for me. It was one more that stood out. Um, cause, but the one you just named was disgusting. Let me say that. That was bad. Like, come on now. They, 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 they should be ashamed of they sell. <laughs> For one, I don't know how he's a fan favorite. He's not good. But the 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 one that had me laughing was the one I keep seeing. I keep seeing East Guards. And the fact that Derrick Rose's name is on there still. It I mean, I love D Rose probably more than the next person. But come on, man. He ain't played this year for real. And he don't have a case. But because his name on that, I can't do nothing but smile. That's funny. D Rose is like Yao Ming, like where the guys are like, you know, even if they don't deserve to be all-star starters, they're going to get voted like mm-hmm. all-star starters because of their name and their amount of fans. I mean, does anyone in the league have more loyal fans than Derrick Rose? At this point. Okay. I mean, it don't matter what. We show up for Derek. I mean, you haven't. I don't think you voted him to be a starter. (laughs) I just show up to support him in all other ways. I'm not going to do what he don't deserve. You're an honest Derek Rose fan, a lot of which aren't voting him to be all-star starters. But hey, you know, good for him for having those fans. Um... After the whole incident with the guy, I'm not going to mention um, from Georgia, who may or may not have slid under Kawhi. After he almost started the All Star game, there's no way Derrick Rose is going to start the All Star game this year. But hey, you know, the fans deserve some kind of voice in this because otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. I, I think it's a good system they have in place now where they don't have the entire voice, they just have most of it. I think it's a good thing they have going. I think 
JD, it will be time to pick our all-stars soon. I'll be excited to see which way you go. But um, as you know, Dylan and I already talked about the Spurs. So we're going to talk about the Bulls and the Clippers now, you and I. Um, and let's, we're going to start with the Bulls, who are currently 10th in the East, 17 and 21. The last five games, um, they beat the Bucks 119-113 in a game that we talked about last week. Pretty extensively, actually. I think that game was a lot of the crux of our Bucks discussion. Um, they beat the Pistons 132-118. to Lost to the Cavs 103-102 on New Year's Eve. And then they were screwed. in a game JD doesn't want to talk about that Dylan will talk about a lot, I'm sure. We're recording this before we talk to Dylan. but Another session of being screwed. Um. We'll just say Donovan Mitchell put up a number of points and there was a seven in front of the the first number. Um, they lost to the Cavs 145 to 134 and then they beat the Nets 121 to 112. So, J.D., I, I'm going to start this off by saying if they had this team with a different center other than Vucevic, I can name a bunch of teams I'd rather have them over them in the East right now. It's a layup line going to the rim and just watching them. Like I watched the Rockets game from last week, right? Cause you know, league pass blacks out the last three days of game. So I'm not, I wasn't able to watch that Nets game. I had to watch that Cavs game live. Um, so I have to watch older games for the bulls. I'm not like current on the bulls. Like I will be for the Clippers or the Spurs, but man, <laughs> watching the bulls, JD, and listen, we don't have to talk about how the magic came out in that trade. I mean, getting Wendell and Franz out of that. But now you add that it's going to, they're going to, there's a good chance the magic get that pick this year too. I mean, listen, I, I'm just going to say, JD, when Vooch is in the game, what is he doing for you? He's not getting the ball. He's not defending the rim. And if he's not doing either of those things, I, I think I could, I'd rather have Andre Drummond out there. And you know, it's crazy for me to say that, you know, me saying that is absolutely insane. Hey, B, let me tell you something. Booch is not the problem. Booch should get the ball more because half the time he, he can't be stopped. The boys don't go to Vooch enough offensively. Rebounding, he's still there. On the defensive end, I mean, did we talk about any of this when our team was healthy last year? No. Think about now. A bunch of guys are still hurt. A bunch of guys keep getting hurt. Javante Green keep missing time. Alice Caruso, who we all know is top two defender on our team, keep getting hurt. Patrick Williams, who's supposed to be our other go-to defender, can't guard younger, I can't guard smaller guys right now. And so we leaving Zach Levine, who's not a terrible defender this year. Zach Levine has been a pretty good defender this year. But Zach Levine guarding um, Kevin Porter Jr. Festus or Jalen Green. 
these are two quick, elusive guys going downhill. It's going to be a little tough for Zach Levine because, for one, Zach, like I said, he's been pretty good this year. Zach just started defending this year. We can't expect for him to lock nothing up. I don't have to mention DeRozan. Um, Kobe White, not a defender. Goran Dragic, not a defender. Kobe White got a lot better, but as I said, he's not a defender. So the guys that we look to to defend been hurt. Oh, uh, yeah. Lonzo, Caruso, Javante Green, who's an undersized defender. Uh, um, what's his name? Derrick Jones Jr., very solid defender for us. Dan Patrick Williams. Paul is the only one that's been healthy, but we can't ask him to go from guarding the top four to a top guard. And he he hasn't became a lockdown defender of either one yet. You know? So, of course, like coming over trying to stop one of those guards you get cut back to Vooch, Vooch is not on the floor to be a great defender but I have saw in recent games Vooch get, been getting over Vooch give good shot contests but what is that if the rotation on your backside doesn't help so I don't blame Vooch a lot of it is the main thing I've been saying, we don't got Lonzo. Lonzo covers so many holes for us. Caruso covers so many holes for us. If we got anybody out, our defense will implode. And I think the Lonzo thing, too, you brought up him not getting the ball. And I think, like in that Cavs game, there were a couple plays where he just bullied Jared Allen. And Jared Allen, I mean, you and I both agree. He's not a guy that's easily bullied yeah, under the rim. Def- he's a great defender. Yeah, and Vooch got his shot over him pretty easily. I, I do think that there's a problem getting him the ball, right? Yeah. And I, 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 I addressed wonder, that before, right? I, I wonder, here's my question. DeRozan has been, I mean, you can't complain about the results. Right, I I don't think. No, I he, I he get back to who he was last year. He, I mean, listen, I'm not going to reveal too much about my All Star teams. I think he might be an All Star starter for me. Like looking at the numbers and looking just what he's done again. I mean, he's been really freaking good. But here's here's my my point. I don't know if DeMar coming in was what was good for Zach and Vooch on offense, right? It was aggressive. It was a good move by Karnischewicz to be aggressive. But I I feel like JD, I I think you would agree with this. When they traded for Vooch, their offense looked really good. I know him and Zach didn't play a lot together right after the trade because Zach... Zach got hurt, or even in the health and safety protocols, then got hurt, right? I th- he didn't play much the second half of that year, um, if memory serves. But I just remember it was like a lot of 
Levine coming off handoffs from Booch and then, you know, them making stuff happen that way or mm-hmm. Booch getting the ball at the elbow. How much is Vooch getting the ball at the elbow this year? Like, and how much can you have Vooch have the ball at the elbow? That's DeMar's spot, you know? And Vooch is great because he can space the floor. He's shooting 37% from three. I mean, that's great. But I think I do want him, you know, when he has positioning on the block, right? And this is uh, just a problem in youth basketball culture anymore. You know, how much is posting up an emphasis? Like when a guy is sealing his man on the block, how much do they, how much is post entry passing taught? You know, like it's been, (laughs) it's underrated arts. It's hard. It's not easy. I mean, look at how there's two teams in the league where it's an emphasis. You would agree probably in Philly and Denver. Um, but even then those guys can dribble into post-ups. So it's not like, you know, Oh, Hey, we need to get this guy in like a perfect entry pass. You know, this guy can just catch the ball at the elbow and then back down. So I think, I think that's why Lonzo was so huge is because he's a good, he's such a great passer and has such great IQ Mm-hmm. And they don't have that connector. And, and Lonzo bridges the gap between every offensive threat that we have. Because he makes them so much better, and that makes his game so much better. Because we all know Lonzo want to pass. But Lonzo, when healthy, was getting everybody involved to the point where they was helping off leaving him open and he was shooting 40 plus percent from the three and that didn't do nothing but lead to okay can't leave him Vooch getting Vooch is going one-on-one Zach Levine able to come downhill at you DeRozan one-on-one these was the things that worked so well for us we don't have that with Lonzo out Exactly. And, you know, like I'm just going to say too, Patrick Williams, like he's a good shooter, but his shot, I think you would agree with this, is really slow. It's very <laughs> like it takes slow. a second for him to wind. <laughs> it takes a second for him to wind up and get it up there. Um, Io, as good as he's been, I mean, Io was a steal for where you got him, right? But I, I think he's a little out over his skis. He, he's not this guy. And that's okay. No, I um, like Io. I, I like Io, but I, he's not I a starter. He's still too young right now. It's, yeah, he's he's good, but he's not a starter. I don't think AC is a starter. You know how? Like, I don't think Kobe White. I think Kobe White was the last like boiling guy who needs a change of scenery, right? Like, as much as as good as Wendell's been, as good as Lowry's been, those guys need a change of scenery. So I'm not going to be like, oh, the Bulls blew it with those guys. I mean, they did, but those guys also just needed a new home. So let's not the hindsight is 2020, but those guys <laughs> that Boylan era was such a disaster. I don't think they'd fit on this team at all. And I think JD, like <sighs> you're right. Lonzo does cover up a lot, but it's kind of a bad sign when a point guard, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, you know, I think center is the most important position on defense. And Lonzo is probably 
I'll, I'll just be generous and not like go too crazy. And he's a top 10 defensive point guard. Like, uh, I'm not going to go too crazy because I don't feel like ranking him right now. But it's bad when he's like the linchpin. He's the thing that makes the whole thing work. And when he's not healthy, then everything else literally becomes a disaster. And I, I think they have a good team. They're back in the play-in, although the bottom of the East is kind of is kind of a mess. They're like half game ahead of Washington. Um, they're a game ahead of Toronto. Orlando is quietly sneaking up the standings, or they're only three games ahead of Orlando. But there's always a chance Indiana falls off. There's always a chance Atlanta falls off. And speaking of which, that would be rough if Atlanta like. If Atlanta missed the playoffs, that would be. Ugh. But I think we should talk about Demar though. What if like? I know you grew to appreciate him more in San Antonio, mm-hmm. and I know you never really hated on him when he was in Toronto. Mm-hmm. But like, how is? It feels like he was better than he was in Toronto. Like, is it just because his dribble got better? How is he better? Than he was in Toronto. Like I, I don't understand. Um, I would say being able to use the patience that he learned in San Antonio. He is dissecting the defense to their knees. If he wants to go fast, he's getting a foul. If he chooses to go super slow, he's drawing a foul. If he plays at at game speed, however the pace is going, he's getting a good look. The what San Antonio did for Demar is what the numbers will never show you. And honestly, that that I believe that's the ga- part of the game I appreciate the most from him is that he's entered a place where it's certain guys, right? We say maybe Kawhi, Katie, uh, Jimmy, Steph, Kyrie. Um, it's Tatum entered there, Devin Booker. It's certain guys that you can't speed them up. They play their game, get to their spots, and dare you to stop them. Now, I'm not left names off, but I was trying to think of guards and wings that we constantly see just get what they want. And those are the guys. Like, DeMar is in that class, and he might be one of the best because... He draws real fast. He's not doing nothing extra. He draws real fast. And I appreciate that part about him so much because he he in a space now where I don't feel nothing go missed. I always say, oh, that's a bucket. He could be two for 21. I think the next shot going in. And if it's in the fourth quarter, it will. Yeah, he's playing at his own pace is a great way to put it. Like in that game that we're not talking about, 
he had 44 points. Like, yeah. he was killing it in that game. It's just yeah. the other guy was killing screw. it a little bit more. They were screwed. Well, I, I do think the Bulls are having, like, I'm, I'm noticing something, like, they have been giving up a lot of big games yeah. to opposing stars. Like, yeah. if, if we just want to go the last two weeks, okay. So, Kevin Porter Jr., 36, 7, and 9. Yeah. Um, we talked about Giannis's big 45-point game that they still won in. Um, KD, last night, scored 44 and up. In a game the Bulls won. But, obviously, Mitchell... Mitchell had some referee assistance. <laughs> it's safe to say of, in that game. A lot of... But, but, I mean, J.D., it, it feels like the Bulls have a tendency to allow these big scoring nights to these stars. And DeMar has been doing great. I, I wouldn't say Zach Levine has been doing as great as he has been in years past. It, he's looking like he's old coming, he's, he's looking come, better he's than... He's coming around to it. But yeah, he, he's looking he better than he play. Like last year, Zach Levine for most of this season. No, he he has not been looking like that so far. Like, I'm just gonna tell you the stats from that Rockets game because what some of these guys did to the Bulls. So Kevin Porter Jr. obviously with the 36, seven and nine, 14 of 22 shooting, six of 12 from three. Um, that's not ideal from Kevin Porter Jr. And he was cooking. He in particular was like Vooch, come here, Vooch, come here, and he was like. The whatever the guard chicken of bar the guard version of barbecue chicken is. That's what Kevin Porter Jr. was doing to Vooch. Dylan Green, 24 points, 9 of 15 shooting. Alperin Shangoon, 25 points, 10 of 12 shooting. Um <laughs> those guys were just killing the Bulls. And then obviously, you know, against the like one star teams, obviously the Nets aren't, but the Nets were due for a loss, right? You don't win 25 straight games in the NBA. It just doesn't happen very often. Um, Kyrie didn't go off last night, but or on Wednesday night, but Katie did. JD, I I just don't know. I I think you gotta. <laughs> this is a hot take. You gotta play a little bit. You gotta start trapping stars. Get the ball out of their yeah. hands. Yeah, I think and, um, Billy Donovan needs to remember what made him great at Florida. He was a defensive minded coach. And I, I would love for him to come up with some schemes that work because the same schemes that we used last year is not working. We don't have the we don't have the head of the defensive snake. Lonzo is out. Stop using the same scheme because nobody else, they hands not as after, they not moving with the same speed. It, it don't. It's not going to be what it was last season. And I don't think he's understood that. I get not trying to change the course because it's a they claim Lonzo could be back this year, but you gotta start doing what you gotta do now. I I just I don't think I think it's too late to tank. That pick is top four protected to Orlando. And there's not even a 50% chance you keep it if you get the fourth worst record, which the Bulls, it's too late for them to get. They're not going to catch those teams at the bottom. So you're kind of stuck going for this 10 seed, like 10, like this play in race, basically. Which 
isn't the worst thing after that stretch <laughs> after that post Jimmy stretch, right? Compared to what it was during those last couple of Gar Pax years. That being said, I, I it feels like kind of where we were, you know, in 2017, you know, with that Rondo team. I I, I don't like I know Lonzo, this team on paper is better than that 2017 team, right? I, I just kind of feel like it's kind of got the same problem though, where it's like a bunch of names. And they're all just kind of thrown together. And on paper, it's a really good team. But JD, you know this. <laughs> it's always going to be the case. Basketball is never played on paper. Yeah. Never has been, never will be. And this team, I, I see a lot of potential. But again, I, I just, I can't help but find it concerning that this one guy who, by the way, I, I don't know, have we gotten in any recent updates on Lonzo? I don't no. think we have. No, and that's the problem. Everything with Lonzo is close to chess. Yeah. So, like, I think the last thing we heard was that he was just running again. <laughs> Which... Yeah, but not even in the water yet. So he can't really put any strength exercise to it. So this is like, okay, he's not really bad running in my eyes. He's back taking no steps to run. He's not back to run, though. Well, um, this team... It's okay. So just... What is your best-case scenario for this team? Like, they finish seventh and they make the playoffs? Like, what in your mind is, like, the Bulls have, like, as a as a Bulls fan, I'm just curious what in your mind, and I think we'll move on to the Clippers after this, but what in your mind is the Bulls had a good season for you? Mm. Lonzo get healthy, we make it out the first round. That would be a great season, and I... <laughs> yeah, I'm looking, I looked up Lonzo Ball News. Lonzo Ball rehab update. It is progressing, just really slow. Very slow. It's been what? It's been a year since he's played. Yeah. 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 Is he gonna? Okay. Last last question. Does he play in twenty twenty three, like this yeah. season? Yeah, I believe so. I sure hope so, man. I sure hope so. I hope they make the play in. I like their chances, you know, against Indiana or I don't know if I like it against Miami, but Atlanta's looking kind of weak. You know, one game scenario, like anything can happen. And you have some of the best clutch players in the league. So um, let's move. I think unless you have anything to add to the Bulls, do you, you are we done with the Bulls? Yeah, I was done. Okay. So I think we should move on to the Clippers, who have kind of hit a rough patch a little bit. Um, they're 21 and 19, good for sixth in the Western Conference. Last five games, um, they beat the Raptors 124-113 in Kawhi's return game, although that wasn't his first return game, but his latest return game. 
and I think Norm Powell's return game. Um, then they lost to the Celtics, one sixteen to one ten. Lost to the Pacers, one thirty one to one thirty. Lost to the Heat, one ten to one hundred, and then lost to the Nuggets, one twenty one one twenty two to ninety one. Um, we're kind of hitting an interesting point in the Clippers season. I, I think you have a message you want to send to somebody first, though. Is is that correct? Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes in this media game, we have some absurd takes, some great takes. You know, everything is about takes, right? Mm-hmm. Naturally. But some of us need to keep our balance first. A lot of us do. Now, it's the most winning in coach ever, right? Somehow still winning games, still in close games, right? And a, with a rebuilding squad. Why ask him to retire when he's still developing these young boys? He doesn't have to be winning games to have that same effect. But I guess to somebody, I'm not going to say his name. I thought you had something to say about his Clippers thing from earlier, too. Um, I was thinking about that and, you know, I'm not going to say he wrong as far as he misquoted me. I'm pretty sure I called him a, a top five seed in the West. But for a guy to sit here and take a regular season win as if it was the biggest playoff victory ever, pump your brakes. You know, pump your brakes. That's first. And also, why are you so worried about the Clippers? Why are you worried about if Kawhi and Paul George can play? They never said Paul George been taking nights off on back-to-backs. It's been Kawhi and John Wall. So don't bring in Paul George because of your old Indiana hating ways. Let me say that. Second of all, put some respect on them. All right? Put some respect on them. Outside of um, Jokic, Kawhi and Paul George accomplished more than everybody on that team could back. Kawhi alone has accomplished more than everybody on that team could back. Paul George probably got more LV, I mean, more um, all-star games could than the rest of the team. So pump your brakes. Put some respect on their name and understand that for one, if a team that is a three-point shooting team that relies on threes, isn't making them, they supposed to get blew the hell out. Imagine if a team make five threes in a game, it'd be a take, I think, 37. And between the top two guys, who, in fact, neither one played more than 19 minutes, went one to seven from the three. Do you expect that team to win? No, I do not. And then you got guys like KCP come in and score 10 in the quarter. 
don't you expect the team who's already rolling, if they could get that for KCP, don't you expect them to keep it rolling? Oh, I'm yeah. not I'm not I'm not saying oh the Clippers just been shot. No, the the energy that Denver came out with was very overwhelming and they did what they supposed to did. They took care of business. Okay. But is this the same Clippers team that we was just oh it's one win over Boston. <laughs> So when they get blew out, it's a difference. No, call a spade a spade. They expose um, Boston. Denver came out and told their ass up. Simple. Once again, John Wall needs to get healthy. I don't know what's going on with John. Um, Reggie Jackson been a disappointment for me this year. Um, disappointment is understatement. Trash. He's been trash to me. After having the season he had last season, I didn't expect for him to come back averaging 16, but the shooting is off. I watched him miss four wide open corner threes last uh, yesterday. I say, like, even not just using yesterday. There's plenty of games where Reggie Jackson just isn't Reggie Jackson. Norm Powell coming back from injury has been looking very solid, very respectable. That's somebody that I'm pretty sure as time go on will get more minutes. Um, Batum didn't play last night, and we can say he's been arguably the biggest S factor for that team this year already. Uh, Marcus Morris, Kane Lab, Marcus Morris having another good season. He came in in better shape. Um, Zubat, great. Zubat, Zubat lead the league in total rebounds. That's that's pretty damn good. Um, and we have to say, it's not been nothing but two games since Paul George put up 45. Let's not act like Paul George hasn't been going off this year. Kawhi still getting in the format. He's been putting up numbers. The Clippers still not healthy. And like I said, fully healthy with games under their belt. Top three team in the West. I'm not taking that away. But that's not where they at right now. So for somebody to misquote me, to make their argument look better. And we know I have no problem going back and saying if I was wrong. But I said, if they healthy and they got games under their belt together as a full squad, they top three. Playing to their full potential, you know. And at some point, I started John Wall. Reggie Jackson not cutting it for me. He's not. We need John Wall to get healthy. Um, John is still figuring out everybody's shots, so his turnover's been a little high. But that's what comes with being a passive point guard. So I'm still very optimistic about them. And like I said, you got to tip your head to Denver. They came out and they spanked them like they were supposed to. 
They didn't play with it. Oh, y'all coming in off the road. Y'all on the two, uh, three game losing streak. Let's extend it. Let's hit them in the mouth real, real hard and see if they can come back. Oh, and remember, in Denver, that that are different. We adapted to this. Come on over here. Y'all coming from Miami. Come on up here. Y'all probably had a nice little weekend out there, too. Come on up here. And we got some wait for you. Tip your hat. That's what they did. They took care of business. I have nothing negative to say about Denver. I think I think that's what somebody want me to do. I'm not going to say his name. I think he wanted me to, like, say something negative about Denver. I didn't say anything negative last time. No, you did not. You were actually really complimentary compared to what you used to say about Denver. Um, Cause they are, they have good team. They have very good team. I just think if all the other teams is healthy and they're clicking, if every team play today for a potential, I personally believe Denver don't enter the greatness as the other teams. And it's not on Denver. It's not a knock on Denver. If if Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole continue to play how they doing right now when Steph get back, Draymond Green continuing on defense, the bench guys actually making shots, AB. Do we see a team competing with them in the West? Like no, to- Golden State's looking scary. I was I I'll admit you want to talk about admitting you were wrong. I was wrong about what Golden State's outlook was going to be like after this. Um, this guy was wrong. He was testing me saying. Go to state was done. In the middle of them playing, he tested me saying, Jordan Poole um, is a more is a more praised Jordan Clarkson. I'm like, I don't I don't agree, but you know, and I I still think I would take go to state right now. Everybody healthy, I still take them over Denver. Memphis. Oh my gosh. A B. Jaron Jackson Jr. Killing this season. John Moran is John Moran. Desmond Bain coming back. This Desmond Bain still ain't played in the back to back yet, right? You know he had nineteen and ten in that last game he played. Nineteen and ten. Insane. Desmond Bain, 19 and 10. Ja had a double-double. Jan Jackson Jr. double-double. Like, this team is loaded. And Dylan Brooks is playing consistent. Dylan Brooks is playing consistent. I don't take Denver over Memphis. And another reason why, Memphis has a mentality that Denver don't have. Denver has some guys. Memphis as a team plays like this. Um, not to not to cut you off. I, I do think we need to get the train back on the tracks and talk about the... Uh, um. I, I'm about to get back to the Clippers. I'm about to get back to the Clippers. I'm finna swing it for a circle. New Orleans, same thing. They attitude when clicking. If fully healthy, they match Memphis. Yeah, but you saw they're not fully healthy right now. Yeah, they not they not fully healthy, but I have to say, 
I like the uh, trio of CJ, Zion, and B.I. more than I like the duo of Jokic and um, Jamal Murray. We still wait for their third guy to, to show up and be him. And then, lastly, if that Clippers team that played that Boston team show up to play, fully engaged, they was healthy that game. Not one person missed that game. I still like them over Denver. I'm not going based off of a regular season win. And Denver been smacking them in regular season games. I mean, especially last year, none of the stars was uh, out there. This year, they we saw what they did last night. Fully healthy, I believe the Clippers still have them. For one, let's talk about um, the Clippers on defense, right? They still rank as a top defensive team. And a team isn't fully healthy. It's not like we talk about a team that been playing many years together. It's a bunch of new faces, here, AB. It's a it's, bunch. Of, it's a bunch of new faces. Kawhi been in and out the lineup. Paul George been in and out the lineup. The team still adjusting to having their star guys. You know. We haven't saw them go on the streak of where they team played 10 games together. We can look across the league and can say most teams had at least five. This team hasn't had three. Know what I'm saying? They haven't had three games fully healthy together. And they still a, a, a top defense. Offensively, they struggling. They team should not be this bad offensively. But one thing I've been saying, where do you find consistency when the most consistent thing is somebody missing? John Wall ain't going to never be able to find everybody in their spots and figure out when he should attack and, uh, or be passive when he's out or the other core guys is out. Kawhi not going to never find a rhythm if he got to keep missing games. Paul George is battling a hamstring injury that set him three weeks earlier this year. It's a lot of times where Zoo is the most dominant force on both sides for them. I would call more plays for Zoo just because Zoo haven't failed them. Trusting in Zoo has not failed them. Reggie Jackson is not playing how he was. Marcus Morris, he's been next to Zoo. I say Marcus Morris has been the second most consistent piece. You don't want to have a situation where your center and power for it and those two is what you got to lean on. But no. The- but the but the potential that they still have because we have saw in short glimpses how great they can be. You don't just toss that out the window because it's still so much more the season left. You get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. 
I just need the the Clippers still just need the time. And like I said, if bad if, if by a certain point maybe fifty five games in, I'm I'm throwing in the towel on them anyway. I need I needed to start like now that these got the fact that they got torched last night by a team they could potentially face in the playoffs. This is the time to say, you know what, we all in. We Kawhi, you you gotta um get it together. We know what you're gonna do, but um we we need more reps together. Yeah, there's you gave me a lot to work with. Um Kawhi isn't looking like old Kawhi necessarily, which you couldn't expect him to. Right? I think if you looked like what's a fair comparison? I mean, if you just looked like kind of like 75% of Kawhi. I think that's probably a reasonable expectation where he's hitting tough contested twos right now. His three isn't falling for shit. Um, and I think it's because he's not getting a, any elevation on his numbers, right? Yeah, he's he's still trying to get that together. Yeah, and it's gonna it's gonna come eventually, right? He's too good. His touch is too good. He's gonna get it back eventually, but he needs to get in that rhythm, like you said, where he's playing two out of every three games. I think that needs to be the goal. He needs to probably get to. So what if they're at 40 games, they have 41 left. I think 45 is a reasonable goal in terms of games. If he doesn't have any like other major injuries, Mm -hmm. he clearly had a bad injury (laughs) a bad setback to start the year. Otherwise, I don't think the goal was to was 45 games going into the year. I think the goal is 55 like it usually is. If he can get to 45, I'll be encouraged. Paul George is going to play 60 games probably. Yeah. Just based on hope this hopefully this hamstring injury don't don't uh progressively get worse. Cuz Paul George I mean if Paul George has been a best player. If Paul George played 60 games, that's probably going to be more than Steph Curry plays for just to like throw out an example. Like Steph, Steph right now is at 26 games. And if Steph played the rest of the year, I think that'd probably get him right at 66. And you know, Steph won't play all, all 40 games the rest of the year. So yeah, he's going to be, um, <laughs> He's going to play around the same amount of games as Steph. So the injury criticism isn't warranted for Paul George for me. Paul George has been playing great this year. That's what I've been saying. Don't he's, been, up, like, he's an all-star. He's an all-star. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, easy all-star. I don't really think it, especially in the Western Conference, at the forward spot, there's not really <laughs> at the forward spot. Um, it's not really much of a contest right now. I I think starting John Wall might be good for Paul George and Kawhi because you'd give a, a natural distributor mm-hmm. to those guys. And then you'd all, I, I think also though, it might kickstart their bench offense. I think so as well. Thank you. And I thing I was thinking you give Reggie and Norm the chance to just run their own unit, right? Mm-hmm. Just have those guys do run their own well. thing. Be you. Exactly. Norm is having like, you know, a great season. I mean, yeah. he's doing exactly he, what I envisioned for him. He's just getting hurt. If yeah. he if if Norm doesn't get hurt, the team is even better. Exactly. Yeah. 
I a hundred percent agree. Um, he's so Norm so far averaging 15 points a game, 47% from the field, 37% from three. That's, that's about what we expect from, from Norm Powell at this point. Um, on cleaning the glass, JD, their defense is second in the league. Their offense is 28th. Right now they have a negative net rating. Um, they're winning a lot of close games. They have like they've won more games than they're you know supposed to have won. And I, I do think that's you know I think that's a product of coaching. You know, I think Ty Lue's one of the best coaches in the league. We we've gone this long and we haven't brought up the name Terrence Mann. Mm-hmm. Um we've gone this long and we haven't brought up the fact that Robert Covington is benched and he's probably gonna be traded. At the deadline. And he played, and then the minutes he played yesterday, he looked very good. Yeah. I think Covington is gone. Um, I think Terrence Mann, I think Terrence Mann needs more minutes, truth be told. But I, I think if I was going to redo the starting lineup for this team, it's tough. It's tough because you could go a lot of different ways. I think I'd start Wall and Mann. And I'd start obviously PG and Kawhi and then have Zubach as the center. Um, I don't think Kawhi can guard threes anymore. I just, I don't think that's possible. I think Terrence Mann brings a boost of energy that you just don't have. This team is old. This team needs to get out on the break more. Yeah. This team is woefully pathetic in transition. Like for, especially for a Gen Wall team, <laughs> Gen Wall might. As John Wall's athleticism might not be the same, but he can still run. He's still like, say what you will about him. And then you have just this cavalcade of wings off the bench, right? Like you have Morris, you have Batum, and you have Powell, you have Jackson. You could basically have a whole other starting lineup as your bench. I will say my point on them from last week still stands. I think they need a better pack of five. I don't think oh, they can yeah. go into the playoffs Absolutely. with the center with the center they have. Well, the lack of center they have. I don't think they can. I like Moses Brown. Um, I don't like him against Jokic at all. I think that's six fouls in five minutes. Go get Boogie. I mean, or so okay. White Howard. <laughs> this team, I, I do think the lack of continuity has. I think it's hurt their offense more than it's hurt their defense. I agree. I think defense is effort. Def- well, it's effort. It's IQ. They have a lot of high IQ guys, right? Like Batum. <laughs> you want to talk about a guy holding a defense together. I think Batum, without Batum, this doesn't work. No, it doesn't. I think Zubac is doing great. Um, Pal is a fine defender. I don't think I'd say he's good. Canard is Canard. Um, they just have a lot of weird pieces. I like Marcus Morris's defense. You know, I'm very high. You know, I like Marcus Morris a lot. Yeah. Um, this is a hater that we know who, who has nothing positive to say about um, Mook. We could ignore that. We could ignore the hater. I, I think we've said enough about that guy. Um, I think okay. that this team... I, I think this team is going to be a fascinating one to revisit when we go back later in the season. 
love when we have more games under our belt because I mean, there's a reason we waited to do this team. If this team was healthy, I think we do this team what five, five weeks ago. Yeah, we do. We would have did them earlier. I w- I wanted to wait until we saw them healthy. We just never did. Yeah, and now they're like finally getting into some reasonable form of health. And Kawhi's played like forty percent of the games. PG's played seventy percent of the games or seventy five percent of the games, which is actually a lot of stars have been playing a lot of games this year. So it's not like you know, I can be like, oh, look at PG. He's actually playing more games than such and such. Because the Kevin Durant, how many games do you think Kevin Durant's played this year? I think Katie only missed. Whoa, I had just saw him in games. The Katie missed in between one and five games. He's only missed one game. I knew it. That's why I said one and five games. Like Giannis, I don't. I think Giannis has missed like five games total. Yeah, uh, he had missed. Three back to back, and I believe he he's sitting on four or five. Giannis missed six, so it's not like you know ten. I think is a reasonable number for PG, especially with his injury issues too. It's not like he's not as talked about as Kawhi for injury issues. I think PG that forty five point game against Indiana was insane. Like <laughs> I know they didn't win, but. And I know we talked about them getting dominated by Miles Turner last week, so we don't need to talk about it today. But Paul George was amazing in that game, and Kawhi didn't look bad. Listen, if I get 69 points from Paul George and Kawhi and I lose, I'm just like, I'm throwing my hands in the air and like, hey, you know. Yeah, you feel fat. I got to deal with it. Yeah, like, they scored 130. (laughs) They don't score 130 a whole lot, so... Actually, we can see how many times they scored 130. Let's pull up their uh, <laughs> let's pull up their game log because that um, I'm sure it hasn't happened a whole lot. So 130, 130 was that the first time? So they scored 142 against the Pistons. That was the first time they topped 130 this year. So they've done it twice. <laughs> yeah, you just gotta throw your hands up sometimes. Um, JD, that segment did not go where I thought it was going to go. I I'll say real quick because I, I'd be scared of this team too, but the problem, if they were fully healthy, the problem is I just can't trust that right now. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think they've earned that benefit of the doubt, like especially Kawhi. And as much as I love him as a player, like he hasn't earned that benefit of the doubt. He's, one of the all-time greats, but until we see him stay healthy for three straight round, for four straight rounds, I, I, I'm just going to be inclined to think he can't do it. So, on that note, um, do you have anything else to add about the Clippers before we wrap it up? Um, please be uh, Rudy Gobert tonight. They are playing the Timberwolves tonight. Like that, like literally. Um, if they don't do anything, that's the only thing I hope that they do. Please be Rudy Gobert. Okay. Let's uh, anything you need to plug or promote. Uh, 
Nah, like I said, stay tuned. I'm working on so much right now. Just, just stay tuned. Be patient. And like, like I said, I think next week, JD, I think we agreed on, right? Like next week is going to be all stars. We're going to be taking the week off in terms of teams. I, I think we agreed on that, right? Yeah. So look out for our all-star teams, JD. I can't wait for you to find out that I have, um, I can't wait for you to find out that I have Bull Bull starting in the East. Yeah. I know I just um, asked for him to lose, but I got to really go best start. <laughs> That would be the shocker of the century. If you had him sniffing the all-star team, if he was like even, if you made a list of 30 honorable mentions and he was on your honorable mentions, I'd be surprised. Yeah, I got him in. Uh... Is DeAndre Ayton your other starter? Oh my gosh, how you know? Um, so make sure you look out for that next week. Um, make sure you, ch- I'd like to also think Dylan for I know he hasn't officially joined us yet, but I'd like to thank him for um by the time you hear this, Dylan will have joined us. So thank you, Dylan Hughes. Um JD, do you have any messages for Dylan Hughes on the way out? I know you guys haven't gotten to record together yet. I'm waiting for that to happen, but obviously circumstances haven't let it happen. Do you have anything you'd like to say to any messages for Dylan? I can't think of the guy that he hates real bad. <laughs> Um, Julius Randall. Yeah, he hates Julius Randall. Um, nah, that's not the, the person I was thinking of. I wanted to just say his name and leave it like that. But anyway, I'm going to just say a random name. Um, Buddy Hill. I'm going to leave that for him to sit up. Fair enough. Um, make sure you check out Lynn Sanity with that other guy. Um and Bryce Shaddy and Zach Griffith has been is gonna join for the rest of the NFL season. So that's gonna be a blast. Um that episode this week was a banger. Also make sure you check out Circle City Cinema. Zach is back in the new year, bringing in the new year with The Whale, Babylon, and Avatar 2. Um so JD, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, my brother. And thank you all so much for listening. 